John, why should you never trust a fart? I don't know, Jim. Why? Because you never know what kind of shit your asshole is up to. Welcome. Please accept Jim and John's invitation to join them as they once again ask each other, what do you think about? I want to add a couple of caveats to that invitation this time around. You might only want to listen to this episode if you fall under one or more of the following categories. You're a hardcore fan. You're incredibly bored. You have an inane sense of humor. You recall that we don't always think about just the paranormal or the supernatural. Hey, John, what do you think about farts? Well, I got to say that this was not a topic I thought we would talk about. But in general, I think farts are mostly harmless and uh, sometimes they're very necessary. Uh, But yeah, they're kind of funny, really. I mean, everybody does it, right? Right. And at the risk of revealing my puerile sense of humor, as if that hasn't already been exposed over the last year and a half, I have to admit that I find them fucking hilarious. I mean, farting is the single most funny bodily function I can think of. Uh, I don't know. Vomiting's pretty funny, too. Uh, that usually just makes me sick. Farts are better than burps, although I will admit they, too, can be funny in a lowbrow sense, of course. Yes. Remember in grade school, we would try and burp the entire alphabet? Right. I never got very far. I was not a great burper. Farts are also better than sweating, shitting, and pissing. Um, Isn't that a journey song? But just like every other bodily function, like you mentioned, everyone does it, but most of us try to hide this one. I don't know, man. If you're married long enough, that kind of goes away. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. And when that time rolls around, brother... That's when you definitely know that the honeymoon is over. Definitely. Anyway, rarely do we as perpetrators admit to the malfeasance, unless sequestered with a group of close friends or family. And the closer, the better, so we can all share in the wealth. At this point, I was going to include a hilariously funny story about a fart incident that occurred during my high school days that would perfectly illustrate how some of us find the breaking of wind uproarious, while others, say perhaps people with uh, careers in medicine or health-related fields, 
or people with just simple cooth. Yeah. Sea farting is just a natural function to be passed off with a mere excuse me. So I'm not allowed to name the perpetrator? Well, no. And uh, the malefactor probably isn't the person that you have in mind. My spouse has forbade me from including this anecdote. And discretion being the better part of valor and not wanting to spend the next month in the doghouse, I've conceded to her wishes. So your wife was not the pooter? Or she was? No, she was not. I avow right here now that my spouse did not release the poop ghost, though she was present at the encounter. She just thinks that since I did not get the responsible party's permission, I should not, in the interest of human decency, relate that tale. Or even, you know, slanderous lawsuits. Right. So now I'm forced to replace that original evincive anecdote with a much more brief one. I just farted about 10 minutes ago. Hey, me too. And for those listeners that don't find that story amusing, you probably want to drop off right now and return next week for what I'm sure will be more in line with our regular fare. Before I go any further, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my little choochie face. You're my little choochie face. And she knows who she is. I think I do too. And why do I dedicate it to her? Because she farts so often that I gave her the nickname Jacket. Because she is such a windbreaker. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see where this goes, but uh, I must admit... I'm afraid it's going to stink. So, first things first, John. The technical term for a fart is what? Jen, that's flatus. Bingo! However, on a more familiar level, they're known as wind, gas, air biscuits, barking spiders, poots or toots, vapors, cutting the cheese, Breaking wind, dropping one's guts, ripping one, ass flaps, cheek squeaks, one cheek sneaks, if you're seated and lifting one leg to allow release, and then fizzles, fluffies, stepping on a duck, and poop ghosts. Are you aware that farting is so important that it has its own science? Flatology. I, I, you know, you got to be bored to decide that you're going to dedicate your life to something like this. Yeah. Or twisted. And there exists a congregation of scientists and medical doctors specializing in the study of internal gases. These selfless men and women are willing to nose deeper into this subject, and they proudly bear the title of phlatologist. That's a... Uh... Yeah, great. Let's determine just what a fart really is. Um, I I think everybody in our audience probably possesses that information, Jim. Well, yeah, sure, on a practical level. But what about the science? Well, the exact chemical composition of human flatulence varies based on an 
individuals' intestinal flora, diet, and personal biochemistry, we can generalize the composition of a fart as follows. Nitrogen, 20 to 90%. Hydrogen, 0 to 50%. Carbon dioxide, 10 to 30%. Oxygen, 0 to 10%. And methane, 0 to 10%. My personal favorite. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Now, as we know, hydrogen and methane are both flammable gases. And I'll talk about them a little bit more later in the episode. Maybe there's a cause of spontaneous human combustion. Could be, John. Could be. But that's a topic for another episode. How big do you think a fart is? I mean, volume-wise. Um, well, it's big enough to fill up the car. <laughs> well, according to Maggie Quirth, in an article that I found on 538.com, it's impossible to say exactly how much space a generic fart takes up in the body. However, based on the range of specific farts as captured in a 1997 study of 16 Americans, scientists found a volume per fart range of 17 milliliters to 375 milliliters. You know... I'm sure we paid good taxpayer dollars for that study. It ranges from the bottle of your average size fingernail polish on up to a 12-ounce can of soda. That seems like a lot of fart. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. It really does. Dr. Michael Levitt of Minneapolis Veterans Affairs has been quantifying, analyzing, Oh. And scribbling about intestinal gas and its chemical composition since 1968. And he's not the only one. This is, this is in 40 years, 50 years of Barton? Man, that's, that's something. In 2012, phletologists amassed a bevy of volunteers, some of whom were healthy and some of whom were afflicted by chronic gastrointestinal issues. These volunteers... Volunteers, mind you, were victualated either a neutral or a fart-inducing breakfast. I think I eat many of those. Digestion commenced. A catheter was then introduced into the anus of each of these volunteers to harvest their air biscuits. The collected gases were then transferred to a fart volume measuring machine and gauged in real time. These hookups lasted six hours after every meal. As Thomas Dolby says, science! So this dude is a doctor at, at the VA, right? You think these volunteers are soldiers? <laughs> Might have been. We veterans are willing to take on any duty in the defense and support of our country. And I'm assuming that means they're unpaid. Well, volunteers, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you're going to pay me to stuff something up my butt. And, anyway, never mind. Uh, I thought you usually paid people to. That's, well, this is a steal then, isn't it? <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, what exactly was this data used for? God only knows. But in Quirth's article, she mentions that Dr. Levitt told her that he doesn't think there's much value to the data. 
then why the hell did we do a 50-year study on this shit? Science! However, believe it or not, for each of the flatologists out there embracing flatulence and fart culture, there are other scientists. I loathe even using the word to describe these closed-minded misogynists who are reluctant to share the flatologist's passion when it comes to studying barking spiders in their own curricula. Say it ain't so, Jimmy. Oh, it's so. At least according to anthropologist Kirsten Bell. And just to make it clear, that's the Australian anthropologist Kirsten Bell and not Kristen Bell, the American actress and spouse of Dax Shepard. Well, I'm glad you've cleared that up. She probably is too. In her April 2014 popanth.com article, Silent But Deadly, Farting Across Cultures, Bell poses some interesting questions. Just why do farts engender hostility and laughter and embarrassment? Because you just shit your pants. She also finds it interesting, once she had committed to embarking on the trail of fart thinking, that anthropologists, for all their love of studying humanity in all of its aspects, have apparently never tried to find the answers to these queries concerning one of the most basic and one of the basest, according to some, aspects of humankind. Bell surmised that the multi-layered sensory dimensions of flatulence might be the key in explaining people's hostile reactions to the phenomenon, among which are their obnoxious noise and their association with fecal matter. I, I think it's the smell. However, the prime complaint, just as you said, seems to be their odor. Benjamin Franklin once wrote, were it not for the odiously offensive smell accompanying such escapes, polite people would probably be under no more restraint in discharging such wind in company than they are in spitting or blowing their noses. So evidently it was socially acceptable to spit and blow your nose. Right, but not to drop an air biscuit. Yep. Bell goes on to postulate in her treatise that farts may very well be the ultimate bodily emission. I'm not sure about that myself. I was just going to say, here, here. They're likely to be perceived as far more polluting than other bodily excretions, such as feces, because they are, for all intents and purposes, invisible. We cannot actively avoid them. While we generally sidestep feces, blood, and urine, or complain to the uh, waiter if we find a hair in our soup, little can be done to protect ourselves from the sensory invasion of the fart. Like death itself, the fart will not be denied entry. Uh, an interesting side note here is farts show up on infrared cameras. I can see that. And you know what? Now that you say that, this is something I wonder about every winter. How comes if I cough or breathe out, I can see it, but when I fart, I can't. I think it's because you've got a little filter there collecting the moisture. Is it the clothing filtering it out? Yeah, filtering out the moisture. Yeah, well, that's probably it. So you have to drop trowel, and then we'll be able to... Time for an experiment. It is time for an experiment, Jim. Next time it snows, we're going to take some video. 
I'll, 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 I'll get some uh, winter chaps and we'll find out what happens. There you go. And Kirsten Bell, we thank you for all of your hard work and study. And also, Kirsten Bell, you've just become the official What Do You Think About Podcast's favorite anthropologist. I'm going to send her an email and let her know this. <laughs> you do that. I am going to. You watch and me. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll listen. And maybe we can get her on the show. Vegetarians fart more frequently than carnivores, but make that but. Uh-huh. A meat eater's farts are more likely to have an offensive odor. According to vegans, because everything offends them about a meat eater. <laughs> Do you happen to know how many times a day the average person farts, John? I, I think I read somewhere that on average we fart 10 to 20 times a day. No way. D did you just fart? Because you just blew me away, brother. That's the same figure that I came up with. You know, that number made me feel real good about myself because this is how I know that I am you know, better than average. I fucking fart all the time. The number of my farts is gastronomical. Are you on a high fiber diet? No need. I'm just built for it. Okay. Well, you know, go with makes you you, man. You do you. From science, we go to the most reasonable next fart related arena. Religion. Why did God create stinky farts, John? Um, I don't know, Jim. Why? So the deaf don't feel left out. That's excellent, actually. I like that one. Matches Coppin was the fart god of the Innu pantheon. For those who don't know, the Innu are First Nation people found in Canada's northeastern Quebec and in eastern Labrador. Matches Capu was known as the fart god. The fart god. The fart god. In fact, his very name translates as fart man. He was a humorous divinity given to breezing in and making the Innu laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah, <laughs> oh. there you go. Peter Armitage in his 1987 Religious ideology among the Innu of Eastern Quebec and Labrador claims that an Innu hunter told him Matishkupu's utterances are usually cryptic. That's funny as hell. That is excellent. Armitage went on to claim that you have to concentrate hard in order to understand what is being said. But every single fart, no matter how glorious or humble, was believed to be Matches Capu giving an important message. It's that's an interesting that's an interesting thought, isn't it? Yes, it is. What does the Bible say about farts? Now wait a minute now. You're gonna tell me that the Christian Bible mentions farts? I am. Here we go. In Isaiah sixteen eleven. Wherefore my bowels shall sound like a harp for Moab and mine inward parts for Kerharesh. This gives me a bad thought. What if the angels in heaven are not actually playing harps? What if that's just a euphemism for farts? You know, that kind of makes hell not look so bad. Isaiah 63.15 reads, 
Look down from heaven, and behold, from the habitation of thy holiness and thy glory, where is thy seal and thy strength, the sounding of thy bowels and of thy mercies toward me? Are they restrained? Oh, man. Is Isaiah actually bitching because God hasn't dropped a tail scudder on him? Unreal. I, 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 yes, yes, that's what he's doing. He's complaining that he hasn't had a God part. Well, from now on, I'm going to add this line to my nightly prayers and my holiday meal prayers. God, please do restrain the sounding of thy bowels in connection with me. Philemon 1.7 reads, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. (sighs) I sniffed around online trying to figure out just what is meant here. I did find it interesting that several translations outside of the King James Version changed bowels to hearts. Yeah, pussies. Normally, I'd agree with you. But in this instance, we'll go with assholes instead. Oh, yeah. I guess Paul, who wrote the book, is somehow complimenting Philemon. But I truly don't get it. If there are any kitties out there listening... Why don't you ask your Sunday school teacher for an explanation and then get back to us. There's more in there. There's more. Still in Philemon, chapter 1, verse 20. Yea, brother, let me have a joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Dude, either Paul or Philemon really love bowels. Well, you know, there are a few things in life as good as a good toot or a good bowel movement. I, I have to I have to agree. The fact that farts exist in the first place proves to me that God, if he's out there, has a great sense of humor. Yeah, I agree. As far as Islam is concerned, I don't know much about the subject as a whole, but I did find this mention concerning the devil and farts. Hit me. In the Sunan and Nasa. Uh, which is a gathering of hadith, which in turn is a collection of sayings made by the prophet. It's said that when the call for prayer is given, the shaitan takes to his heels, passing wind loudly, so he will not hear the call to prayer. When the call to prayer is finished, he comes back. And I guess shaitan is Satan? Right, yeah. Now, Satan farts recalled to mind that, you know, pumpernickel bread? Yeah, I love pumpernickel. It means farts of the devil. Pumpern is flatulent, and nickel is, you know, old Nick, as in the devil. Sure. Yum, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's no wonder I love pumpernickel, then. One Sunday, an elderly couple was sitting in church, and the wife noticed that several people in the pews ahead of them were turning to stare at her. She leaned over to her husband and whispered, I just let go an SBD fart. What do you think I should do? He means silent but deadly. The husband leaned in closer and said, I think you should get new batteries for your hearing aid. Oh, yes, indeed. While yoga isn't a religion... It is a spiritual and uh, an ascetic practice, so screw it. I'm including it here. Pawan Muktasana is an asana or bodily posture in yoga. It translates as 
wind-relieving pose or gas-releasing pose. So it's when you sit in a chair and lift a cheek? (laughs) Here's how it goes. This asana is practiced in three stages. Stage one, lie supine and stretch your legs straight out. Okay. Bend the right knee and hold it with both hands, pulling it toward the abdomen. Breathe out, then touch your chin to your bent knee. Breathe in, releasing the knee and stretching the leg out to its original straight position. Stage two, repeat the steps of stage one with the left leg and knee. And then stage three, repeat the same steps, bending both knees and pulling both toward the abdomen. Place your your chin on both knees in this stage. And with the chin between both knees, swing the body back and forth five times. Then swing the body left to right and right to left five to ten times. So you're going to rock back and forth and then wobble to your sides? That's what it sounds like. And the three stages that we've just gone through form one round. Three or four rounds should be practiced. I mean, I guess so, but... Do people really have problems pooting one out? I mean, it's pretty easy to do. Not a lot of a physical challenge to it. I guess there's always somebody with some physical challenge. Yeah, but uh, okay, sure. Before we go any further, let's pause a minute here for a word about our sponsor, Anchor Podcasting. And we're back. And we're into... Farts of historical significance. Well, of course we are. According to ancientorigins.net, the philosopher Pythagoras believed that the soul was breath. And because a fart was a sort of breath, he was also concerned that if a person pushed hard enough, they might fart out his or her soul. Ooh, I once pushed hard enough to fart out a little brother. And he was a real shit. (laughs) Uh in book two chapter 12 of josephus's wars of the jews we're told that it was a randomly presented fart that set off a chain of events that led to the deaths of more than ten thousand people that is astounding right The Roman occupiers of Jerusalem set guards about the city during religious festivals to keep the locals from getting out of control. Sure. Well, for whatever reason, one of the soldiers during the Passover pulled back his garment and cowered down after an indecent manner, turned his breech to the Jews and spake such words as you might expect upon such a posture. That's fancy talk, for he dropped trowel, turned his ass to the crowd, and farted. Yes. A steely silence spread over Jerusalem because the unforeseen and most unfortunate incident took place, as I said, during Passover. The Jews threw rocks at the Romans. The Romans pulled their weapons, and they drove the Jews from the temple. Wars of the Jews goes on to state, And being beaten out of the temple, they ran into the city, and the violence with which they crowded to get out was so great that they trod upon each other and squeezed one another till 10,000 of them were killed. Wow. Wow. That's an unfortunate fart. Yes. Although it sounds intentionally disrespectful. Well, yeah, the, the Roman was being an asshole. Yes. And displaying such. Herodotus, the famous Greek historian, 
told of a single fart loosed way back in 569 BCE that birthed a revolution that cost King Aprius the throne of Egypt. No kidding. Aprius must have been a dick because some of his soldiers were kicking up a fuss against him. Pissed off, Aprius sent one of his generals, this dude named Amasis, to squash the rebellion and put things back to rights. Well, when he got to their settlement, the rebels crowned Amasis king, which he kind of enjoyed. Yeah, no kidding. Now, even more pissed off, Aprius sent his advisor, Partabemus, out to straighten things out. Okay. Is this going to turn out better? Can we have two kings? <laughs> when confronted by Partabemus, Amasis, who was sitting atop his horse, rose in the saddle, farted, then proclaimed, carry that back to Apris. That's awesome. I'm not sure if Partabemus relayed the exact message to Apris, but whatever he said angered the king. The king ordered Partabemus's nose and ears to be struck off. Wait a minute now. He's shooting the messenger? Yes, he is. But his cruelty towards Partabemus, who was very popular among the people, turned the Egyptians against their king, who was eventually dismembered by a mob. Oh, my God. And old farting Amasis ruled from 569 to 525 BCE. That is an awesome story, too. Yeah. The actual word fart is itself... 800 or more years old. It's found in Middle English as farten or furten. This Middle English expression was previously stinking up the continent as the old High German word fersen, which means to break wind. The Old Norse used the term freda. One last historical mention. Google these on your own time. He gassen, H-E hyphen G-A-S-S-E-N, and Japanese fart battle. Oh, my. Farts have made their way into comedy and uh, literature, believe it or not. Speaking of comedy, John, what are clown farts made of? I don't know, Jim. What? Laughing gas. Uh, Jim, how do you know a clown farted? How do you know a clown farted? It smells funny. In 2008, the oldest recorded fart joke was found in a Sumerian clay tablet. Here it is. Something which has never occurred since time immemorial, a young woman did not fart on her husband's lap. Yeah, that's not funny. All right. So maybe it's not a knee slapper today, but this joke is thought to come to us from 1900 BCE. That means people have been laughing at cheek squeaks for over 3,900 years. Oh, I'm sure it's been longer than that, but we just didn't write it down. Oh, yeah. In the Canterbury Tales, written between 1387 and 1400, Chaucer resorted to fart jokes. Oh, there's a lot more than fart jokes in the Canterbury Tales. In the Miller's Tale portion of that epic, we meet John, his milf wife, and Nicholas and Absalom, two young men eager to jump her bones. Yep. At one point, Nicholas attempts to get the better of his rival, while Absalom stands outside calling for the lady, but then gets his in the end. 
This Nicholas had risen for a piss and thought that it would carry on the jape to have his arse kissed by this jackanape. And so he opened window hastily and put his arse out thereat quietly over the buttocks, showing the whole bum. And hereto said this clerk, this Absalom, O oh, speak, sweet bird, I know not where thou art. This Nicholas just then let fly a fart, as loud as it had been a thunderclap, and well-nigh blinded Absalom, poor chap, but he was ready with his iron hot, and Nicholas right in the arse he got. Off went the skin, a hand's breadth broad, about the coulter burned his bottom so throughout, that for the pain he thought that he should die. Yikes. I like that he blinded him with a fart, though. In the summoner's tale, the friar informs an ailing Thomas that his illness has come about because he gives so little to the church. Thomas offers the friar a gift, provided that the friar share it with all his peers. The greedy friar agrees. And down he thrust his hand right to the cleft in hope that he should find there some good gift. And when the sick man felt the friar here, groping about his hole and all his rear, <laughs> into his hand he let the friar a fart. There is no stallion drawing loaded cart that might have let a fart of such a sound. The friar leaped up as with a lion's bound. Ah, treacherous curl, he cried. By God's own bones, I'll see that he who scorns me thus atones. You'll suffer for this fart. I'll find a way. God, I'm glad I was an English weed. <laughs> Even the Bard of Avon relied on farts for a chuckle or two way back in 1623. In his The Comedy of Errors, Shakespeare has Dromo of Ephesus speak the line, A man may break a word with you, sir, and words are but wind. Aye, and break it in your face, so he break it not behind. Jumping ahead a few years to 1722, Jonathan Swift published a pamphlet entitled The Benefit of Farting Explained, and the yucks start at the pamphlet's very beginning. The title page bears the pseudonym Swift used, which was Don Fartenhando Puffendorfst, professor of bombast at the University of Krakow. It goes on to claim the text was translated into English at the request and for the use of the Lady Dumpfart of Herefordshire by Obadiah Fizzle, groom of the stool to the Princess of Arsmeny in Sardinia, and reviewed by a College of Physicians. Great stuff. Benjamin Franklin also wrote a farticle entitled Fart Proudly in 1781. Franklin never submitted the work for publication, but did include it in a letter to his friend Richard Price, a Welsh philosopher and Unitarian minister in England. The text is available online as a PDF. We love farts so much, they've spread out into other areas of entertainment. According to Wikipedia, Roland the Farter was a medieval flatulist who lived in 12th century England. He served as a jester for King Henry II. Each year at Christmas, he was obliged to perform one jump, one whistle, and one fart for the king's court. Um, I assume that a 
flatulist is someone who farts. John, you are like a fart yourself Uh because you are so astute. A flatulist or fartist is a performer who entertains an audience by breaking wind in creative, musical, or otherwise amusing manners. Another famous flatulist was Lepetame, a French performer whose actual name was Joseph Pujol. Again, according to Wikipedia, Pujol possessed a remarkable control of his abdominal muscles, making him appear to seemingly fart at will. His sobriquet is a mashup of the French verb petit, to fart, and main, which is maniac. Excellent. Making him the farting maniac. Audiences labored under the common misconception that Joseph Pujol was passing intestinal gas during his act. This, however, was not so. Pujol, it was believed, would inhale air into his rectum, then release it to comedic effect by controlling his anal sphincter muscles. Highlights from Lepetame's performances included sounds of anal cannon fire and thunderstorms, blowing out a candle several yards from the fartist, and one of his favorite numbers, a rhyme he composed about a stroll about a farm punctuated by anal renditions of the animal's sounds. You know, this guy sounds talented. At the start of World War I, Pujol retired and returned to his original profession, that of a baker. Later, he opened a biscuit factory in Toulon. One can only guess that he specialized in creating air biscuits. Mm-hmm. He died in 1945 at the age of 88 and was buried in the cemetery of La Valette du Var. Several musicals based on Pujol's life have been composed. Jim. You think you're a good amateur flatulist? Check this out. In the course of my research, I came across a guy in Norway called Mr. Methane. He's a professional flatulist, and when he appeared on a talk show there years ago, he was welcomed like a conquering hero. The hosts literally bowed to him and said, this is going to be great. Then he performed with his extremely talented anus, and the audience and the hosts were totally cracking up. And even hot chicks in the audience seem to enjoy it. It really is a must-see. There's a link to this performance on YouTube. It is truly amazing what can be found on the interwebs. Thank God for it all. Uh, You know, if you're bored or low on cash and unable to afford your own jester or a ticket to a fartist performance, there are things you can do with a fart on your own or in the company of others. You know what a Dutch oven is. Right, John? Yes, yes, I do. And because I do, my wife does too. While they're fun and all, the Dutch oven does have one drawback. You have to have someone else in a bed with you in order for it to be successful. Don't let anyone fool you. It's just not as fun when you Dutch oven yourself. Should we define that for the audience who may not know what a Dutch oven is? You release a fart in the bed, then quickly pull the covers up over your partner's head. Then don't let them get away. Of course not. Like they'd want to. (laughs) Yeah, like they'd want to. One fun with farts activity that I learned my first year of college was the fart ball. My first experience went something like this. 
several of us were crowded around this little television tape player, AM, FM radio combination that had like a four inch square black and white screen. And the uh, RA was sitting in a chair. It kind of leaned over, did a one cheek sneak, but put his hand down to his ass and slowly brought his clenched fist up to my nose and opened it and goes, fart ball. And uh, let me tell you, it was a uh, fart ball. Thus, a tradition was born. Yes, I have been the recipient of one of your fart balls. <laughs> Another thing that I had heard about before my freshman year of college, but had never tried to verify is the lighting of farts. Oh, yes, absolutely. I've seen you do this. Yeah. Well, my second roommate in college and I got pretty good at it. We developed the sensitivity to know which farts would and would not light. And kind of like lepetamine, even developed the ability to fart on demand. I will say we did not drop trowel, though, to light the farts. We did it through our jeans. Because to do it any other way would just be weird. Okay. That keeps the flame away from your bung. Yeah, but... One drunk evening, I kept the match in place a little too long and burned a small hole in the crotch of my uh, JCPenney plain pocket jeans. Oh, no. How do you explain that? <laughs> well, next time I went home, I naturally took laundry home for mom to wash, and she noticed the hole and asked about it. And I said, oh, I did that light and farts. And she came back with, right, you're funny. Uh, she didn't believe you or she did? No, she didn't believe me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Recall, if you will, that our toots contain a volume of up to 50% hydrogen gas and or 10% methane, both of which are flammable. With levels of sufficient quantity of either gas, farts are flammable. And inflammable, because the word means the same thing. Strangely enough. If your physiology produces enough methane, you get a beautiful blue conflagration. If not, you get a cool orange or yellow fire i must say my flames were mostly blue in case you're wondering i have seen both blue and yellow yeah and they would just like like the blue would just like roll up your pants like yeah as it moved up the leg yeah you gotta do it yourself you gotta see it to believe it too right so if you want to do it yourself here's the uh method that we used you sit on the floor with your legs partially extended, forming a 45-degree angle. Light a match and hold it close to your anus, but not touching your trousers. We used to run our hand through the uh, inverted V of our legs to the anus area, get it in there close. And then you allow the gas to release slowly, but not so slowly that it disperses before a sufficient amount builds up. And a short, sharp blast is no good either because it'll blow the match out just like a kid at a birthday party. Or that fl the flatulist with the candle. Exactly. Yeah. One thing to always remember when having fun with flatists is this. It's never, ever a good idea to fart during a 69. That's how I got arrested for window peeping. Oh, that's a bad joke, Jimmy. Uh, so, Jim, just curious. But I know you do extensive research. Do other animals uh, release rectal shouts? You bet your ass they do. 
My Airedale rips them at odd hours throughout the day and night. Oh, dog farts are the worst. Covering the topic of animals that fart, I found the following on Vox.com. Apes fart. Oh, that makes sense. It also makes S-C-E-N-T-S sense. Oh, yes, it does. Snakes fart. Sonoran coral snakes have a cloaca, which is similar to an anus. They were able to suck in air via this cloaca and expel it with a popping noise to ward off predators. Well, who doesn't ward off predators like this? Zebras fart when startled. Again, who doesn't? Cows fart and burp about 100 to 200 kilograms of methane per year per cow. Hello, global warming. Whales fart. Manatees adjust their buoyancy by releasing farts. They hold them in to remain buoyant in the water. And they release the wind before taking a dive. Herring use farts to communicate with one another. Not unlike Biff and I back at OU. Yeah. Yeah. So that they can stay close in a shoal, even in the dark. One species of the beaded lacewing They kind of look like a cross between a moth and a dragonfly. When in the larval stage, have farts that contain a chemical that stuns termites. The lacewing then eats the fart-stunned bug. So does he have to turn his rear end toward the bug and then like flip himself back around to eat it? I'll bet. It's probably like firing a rifle. Now, who doesn't fart? Well, parrots do not fart. But they are able to vocally mimic the sound of a fart. Now, does that mean specifically parrots or just birds in general don't fart? Well, it's specifically named parrots. So I didn't look to see if other birds could or couldn't. Sloths don't fart. The gases that would normally mature into the vapors that produce flatulence are reabsorbed by the intestines and expelled into the bloodstream and are eventually respired out of the lungs. So they kind of like breathe it, burp instead. Yeah. yeah. They also only crap once every two or three weeks or so. I read that too. Did you know why? Uh, is it so they don't have to go down and get attacked by predators? Yeah. Cause they want to stay up in the tree. They're so slow that, and it's a, it's a process when they crap. I mean, it's one of those. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's a process when I grab. So, yeah. So they're very vulnerable when they're crapping. And uh, that's why they don't do it very often. And lastly, I'm pretty sure my mom does not fart. Nor has she ever. Well, I guess she doesn't eat onion chips from White Castle. Those are delicious, but ruinous. All right, John. It's time to end this episode because I'm running out of gas. And you didn't even mention queefs. I'm so proud of you. In closing, I would just like to provide this list of fart facts. Farts exit the anus and enter the world at a speed of 10 feet per second, or slightly less than 7 miles an hour. The main culprit behind a fart stench is hydrogen sulfide, the cause of not-so-subtle notes of rotten egg in your poop ghosts. Women's farts smell worse than men's. Why is that? That's because a woman's farts have a higher concentration of hydrogen sulfide. Science! Science! Also, according to the ball and chain, 
single women can't fart. Oh, really? Why is that? Because uh, they don't get assholes until after they're married. Oh, I walked into that one. Adolf Hitler experienced bouts of terrible gas. He'd have gastrointestinal cramps, which led to uh, chronic flatulence. I read that he took 28 different medications to control this malady. I guess no one told him about yoga. I guess. The volume of gas released during a fart can be measured by a rectal catheter. And if you're encountering overly frequent diurnal and nocturnal barking spiders, you might be drinking too many carbonated beverages, which can introduce increased air into your GI tract. But hey, I ain't a doctor. So schedule a flipping visit with yours and get it checked out. What do you think about is co-written by John Gordos and Jim Dumermuth. Our theme music in suspense is provided by podsummit.com. Thanks to you, our audience. Please take the time to rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. Uh, if that function is available, if not word of mouth, motherfuckers, drop us a line at WDOUTA at gmail.com or enter anchor.fm forward slash WDOUTA into your browser and press enter. And that'll bring up our anchor page, which will allow you to leave us a voicemail message. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You can also visit our Facebook page, anchor.fm forward slash WDOUTA for updates on releases. As you go to work tomorrow or whenever, just fill to the brim with all this information and just bursting in the gut to dispense it to your co-workers upon entering your place of employment. Please remember that you should not fart in an elevator. Now, why is that? Because it would be wrong on so many levels. Uh. Oh, hey, did you know that dropping a fart as you exit an elevator is known as a Cincinnati air freshener? No, I didn't. No shit. Copyright 2021 by John Gordos and Jim Dumermuth.